Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, let's get this bad boy started. I want this to be as good a show as the weather is for early November outside right now. It is fantastic. There is zero reason for you to be hanging around indoors where you are right now and not getting here and being with us at Bugsy's Grill. We're on the southeast side. In fact, off of Brookville Road, 465 and Brookville Road. This is a great place. We make it an annual trip to come here with our friends from Bud Light on a Blue Friday. And it just so happens today, this is why this is so cool, right? It just so happens today that a team that you saw last night remain unbeaten in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to be in town in a couple of weeks, and we have a couple of pair of free tickets for you to win. you got to sign up with Sienna with your opportunity to win, but man, we're talking about the NFC team going right now, and maybe outside of Buffalo, probably getting the most hype, the most conversation anywhere would be that of the Philadelphia Eagles, a former Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, and I got to thank uh, our friends at Bugsy's here. I got to thank our friends at Zinc Distributing and Bud Light for being a part of this because we've got a couple of pair of tickets to give away Somebody's going to win those a little bit later on. I also want to give you a heads up. Remember this portion of the show, right? You know, normally I go until 6 o'clock on a Friday, and then we go into Colts happy hour. Here's the deal. Tonight, we got the Pacers and the Heat in action. So 33 tweets are coming at me. I can't wait. 33 tweets later on tonight. It always makes my Friday nights very exciting. But the Pacers haven't played since Monday or when they played in that soap opera in Brooklyn, part number two. Uh, it, the Brooklyn soap opera continues. Meantime, Pacers play the Heat. So I go until 5.30 with the ride with me here, right? So 5.30, but I'm still on the air doing Colts Happy Hour. Still on the air doing Colts Happy Hour from 5.30 until 6.30. That will be the window in which we will give away tickets to see the unbeaten. I'm assuming because of their schedule, they'll remain unbeaten until they get to Indy in a couple of weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Colts. You got to get here. You got to get signed up. I would do it now. 
Um, I, I don't know how you can work it because I've been doing this for such a long time. People have tried to work it before, but never successfully. What you normally have to do is just get here. Enjoy the great food, the great food specials that they have here at Bugsy Sports Grill here on the southeast side. And honestly, a lot of you wonder, hey, you know, always in Fishers and you're in Carmel and you're on the north side. Well, this is as close to the south side as we've been for a while here. And I didn't even come up for 65. I, I didn't. I, I actually came over through Whiteland where I live, Bargersville to Whiteland. I came up, what, Five Points Road or something way the, the hell out by Franklin Central and came right up here because it is such a nice day to drive with me up loud talking about the Colts and the Patriots matchup because, for goodness sake, somebody's got to give this bad boy some hype here. Somebody's got to get everybody a little bit awake when it comes to this game because, as I've mentioned, and I think now everybody's kind of kind of grabbed the baton and run with the, hey, this is not what it used to be or like what it used to be. It's not going to be that. But for the most part, you're looking at it from a cold standpoint. It, it's, it's more important because of where this team is and how the fans are reacting to it this week. And I asked Mike Chappell that question yesterday. Is it more about... Yeah, the apathy with this team right now, the people go, wow, this is not anywhere near it was supposed to be. And you're kind of bailing on it. I don't know what Sunday's going to look like around here, but will you give it a quarter before you go, hey, wait a minute. You know, if it's nice, I got to go malt some leaves or whatever. But it just kind of seems like that's more the feeling than it was just the news off the field earlier in the week that we got regarding the offensive coordinator, regarding Naheem Hines being traded, you know, that conversation that swirled around the NFL trade deadline and, you know, whether or not, um, I love Kevin Bowen, but Kevin Bowen, I think, wanted to trade everybody on the team, uh, whether or not everybody on the team got traded. I love you, Kev. You know that. But it seems like that, to me, it's more you're disappointed, and that's how you're voicing your opinion of disappointment. And you're looking for any reason, and I get this, you're looking for any reason to get some enjoyment out of this, to get a little bit of a thrill, to get juiced up out of this. And you took that last week with Sam Ellinger. You know, deep down inside, you knew that Sam Ellinger wasn't going to be like a first-round elite-level quarterback making his, his debut as a starter. But, man, you were fired up because you had seen seven weeks of the same old thing. Snap, run for your life, sack, fumble, snap, run for your life, throw, interception. I mean, you'd seen that the entire time, and you were ready for something different. So now you're ready for something different. You're ready. You want a little bit of payback. So who better with your disgruntled feeling right now would you rather give some payback to than the New England Patriots. And it doesn't matter that Brady's not there any longer because Belichick still is. It doesn't matter that this is not the same old, same old of Patriots teams. It's not the same old, same old, the rivalries of the past. And I'm going back to, to what I like to call the golden era right around here. I'm not even thinking about um, the, the era of, of luck. I'm going back to the, the Manning era that everybody likes to think about so fondly, no doubt about that, and you should. But you're looking for anything right now that is a positive because it has been few and far between to this point. There's really been nothing. I was on with Tony Katz this morning, and we were talking about this matchup and, you know, what does it mean? And this is, you know, that rivalry where Chris Ballard, when, when uh, Josh McDaniels, who's not even there, by the way, anymore, who's now out in Vegas, 
uh, decided in the 11th hour that he didn't want to take this head coaching gig. And then Chris Ballard, you know, pounded the podium and the rivalry's back on. Yeah, there's really nothing back on. There's been no proof on this side that anything is on except for disappointment. So that's, that's what gets the interest level back. That's what sells if anybody wants to say these dudes aren't out of it right now, which you look in the AFC and at 3-4-1, and one, you're not, but that's a tough sell. Me sitting here and telling you that, you all rolled your eyes, and I don't blame you. But if you go out and actually put yourself in a position to legitimize it, then you got a little bit of something there. Then you got a little bit of something. It's not like, well, if you're talking about this matchup and you, in terms of you know, whether or not the, the Colts are tanking or in terms of do the Colts really want to win or in terms of the Colts you know, being legit as far as the rest of the season, you know, can they at least compete? It's tough after what we have seen. I can't sit here and tell you that they're going to because all I've seen, just like you, I've seen them disappoint. That's going to be up to them to prove. That's going to be up to them to pull you out of the mulch pile, to pull you out of the pile of leaves, to get you off your mulching lawnmower, to get the rake out of your hands, to get out from the fire pit or whatever you're doing on Sunday, and then get inside and say, hey, look at us. This is what we're doing. That's going to be up to them. It's going to be up to them in a couple of weeks when you know the Eagles are coming to town. Same kind of thing. Going to be up to them. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us, by the way, coming up in a couple of minutes. It is a busy night of sectional play, the sectional final in high school football around the state of Indiana. This might be one of the favorites. Now, I think I say this to Bob Lovell every week. I think I say this may be the most important Friday night when you're on the air for Indiana Sports Talk. I think I end up saying that all the time. But honestly, when you're looking at the sectional final, in football, it is a pretty damn big deal across the state of Indiana. We have some robust matchups to talk about. And with our friends, Joe Childers and the gang from Central Indiana Cards locations, Bob Lovell is going to join us coming up at the bottom of this hour. Chris Denary, uh, Bally Sports Indiana, the voice of the Pacers, top of the 4 o'clock hour. I mentioned the Heat and the Pacers as the Pacers get back at it. A little bit of a homestand coming up here. What, the next three or four, I believe, in Gambridge Fieldhouse, beginning with the Heat coming up later on tonight. We'll talk to Chris about that, that five-game road trip, the successes, the not-so-successful moments of that trip, and how he views this team so far. And Chris joins us in the 4 o'clock hour. 5 o'clock, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, IU and Bloomington tomorrow versus Penn State. Boilermakers got a big one in West Lafayette versus Iowa. How about Notre Dame and Clemson coming up tomorrow evening as well? There is a ton of college football. We'll hit on all that. Then, of course, before we have to go into Colts happy hour, sometime before 5.30, our friend John Price will join us here on the show. But again, let me tell you, this is the place to be because this is going to be, even with the Colts and not playing well and being disappointing, you're talking about on the other side, a lot of people want to see this team. And I got your chance to win for free. To win for free. Eagles, Colts, tickets in a couple of weeks at Lucas Oil Stadium. So get here. Our friends from Bud Light and Zinc Distributing as well. Sianna signing you up. We got a couple of pair to give away with that Eagles team that remain unbeaten. 8-0 last night. 29-17 over the Houston Texans. And by the way, I won't leave out the World Series because Houston now is on the verge of clinching this. Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick with an incredible catch last night. I don't know if I was more excited about that catch, and I'm not the, the hater 
of the Astros like everybody else is because I, to me, and this is my viewpoint of the Astros, first of all, whoever does their scouting is incredible because they just crap young talent. When's the last time, Bill, you crap young talent? It's been a long time. They crap young talent in Houston. Somebody has got an eye for young talent uh, where they are. And I'm sorry, even cheating to the degree in which they did, banging on trash cans and all that, that still will never overwhelm my true and deeply rooted feeling that they in baseball have the former greatest uniforms of all time back in the day. So the uniforms of Enos Cabell and Cesar Sedano and Alan Ashby and Joe Sambito and James Rodney Richards, that still outweighs the fact that most people hate them because they cheated. On the verge of taking home the World Series, we'll hit that coming up in just a moment. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, we're live at Bugsy Sports Grill, 465 in Brookville Road. He is the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. What time are you guys bugging out of town tomorrow, Matt? Oh, I'm sorry. Matt just dropped. I go right to him. That's the sense of timing. Here he is. Let me reset. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, joins us. So what time are you bugging out of town tomorrow afternoon, Matt? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's like that Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that was me. You like my reset right there? A little clearing of the throat? Just the most professional stinking reset in radio anywhere right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even hear the first one. So, I mean, I've, I've got no context. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, no, tomorrow I think we're we're cutting out about three thirty. I think is when wheels up to uh, to Providence, Rhode Island. Yes, beautiful. That means all you guys can get together for dinner, and somebody's buying seafood. That's a seafood dinner destination right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Either that or a nice uh, fancy Italian uh, dinner there in Rhode uh, Island, right? A little little Italy there in in Providence. But uh, yeah, either way, I'm not a big seafood guy. Uh, I know that blows yeah. a lot of people's minds. I know if it, it's sort of a texture and smell issue with me, so good rule of thumb. If, if it swims, I don't eat it, um, but I can I can go to a seafood place and still find something to munch on the, on the menu there. There's you know, no what's, doubt. Funny, what's funny about what you just said, and I know people are going to cringe everywhere when I make this statement, but you mentioned if it swims, you don't eat it. If it stinks, normally I do. So we're very different in that capacity right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, typically the – the more the the more defined smell or stench of or an odor of a food, I typically stay away from it. So I'm diving right. Style. I'm diving right into that stench. I'm diving right into that stink, Matt. <laughs> no I'm thanks. driving right. No People thanks. are just going. What in the world is happening here? I better get off of that and get to. That's by the way, one of my one of my favorite films of the 2000s. I'm talking 2000 to 2010. Takes place in and around Boston. The Departed. Are you a big fan of The Departed like I am? Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. Great movie. Now, that's oh. one of those movies where, for me, I appreciate the movie, but because it's so heavy and so intense, that's one of those movies I only need to see one time. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to see it again because of the subject matter. So I appreciated yeah. it, but I'm probably not going to watch it more than once. That's one where I think that Mark Wahlberg, who was – you know, playing a cop in this probably personality wise was, you know, bringing back the days when he was Marky Mark a little bit right there. I think he was channeling the Marky Mark <laughs> days as Mark Wahlberg in that, but no, nah, seriously, that is, that's one of my favorites from, from the decade between 2000 yep. and 2010 right there taking place in and around Boston. All right. What, what, what do you think about this matchup 
going in. Because the one thing, if I'm trying to get some Colts fans juiced up, is it's not like not like New England's going to go out there and blow you away at any stretch of the imagination offensively. And really, they're still unsure about who in the world should be their starting quarterback at many moments this season. Yeah, I think that. And also, too, I mean, it's it's the first weekend of November. And I know it's, you know, it's it's three, four, and one. And I know, you know, the, the offensive coordinator has been fired and, you know, the Colts were active there in the, in the trade deadline, you know, dealing Naeem Hines. I, I know the optics of it, but I'm telling you, there's still two months of football, two-plus months of football still to go here, and there's nine games left. And, I mean, if you just look at New England, I mean, they're kind of in the same boat. They, they're they 4-4, four and four, and they've won three of their last four games to kind of get even. So they've had an up-and-down season just like the Colts. But going into this game, they're only one game out of out of the playoffs. So, I mean, there's there's a ton of parity in this league. There's not a ton of just great elite teams. I mean, in the AFC, you've got Buffalo and Kansas City, if you still want to lump the Chiefs in that department. Then in the NFC, you've got the Eagles. Outside of that, there's there's a lot of teams still trying to kind of figure it out and define who they are and, and hopefully try to get on a little bit of a run here. And I think the Colts are in that bucket. So with nine games to go, there's still a ton of football left, and if this team can get on a little bit of a run here, like let's say they win their next three, and all of a sudden you're, you know you're, you're you're five, you got five wins or six wins, you know all of a sudden you know you're 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 squarely back in the mix of the playoff race here. So um, I'm just eager to see how this team responds. I'm eager to see what the offense looks like, you know, with with Marcus Brady's departure, uh, Naeem Hines uh, no longer on the team, you know, and, and Sam Ellinger making his second career start first career start on the road you know in a tough place to play like new england bill belichick scheming you up on the opposite sideline um those those make for an interesting game a lot of storylines but certainly with nine games to go um you know this thing could get interesting and i think we've said it for the third or fourth time here this season the colts are at a turning point or a or fork in the road like we've said and it's going to be interesting to see which path they take here at that fork going into week number nine. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylons. So we learned today that officially out for Sunday would be running back Jonathan Taylor, which does not come at all at a surprise. So a heavy dose of Deion Jackson. You're going to get, I guess, Philip Lindsay up from the practice squad as well. In a sense, will we see a lot in offensively? We don't want to see like it was certainly in Denver, but I thought if there was one thing offensively that you could talk about a little bit on that Thursday night in Denver was the fact that, you know, that running game, game did get off their mark, interestingly enough, more times than they didn't. Yeah, they did. And, I mean, you go uh, a week later when, when Taylor's still out against Jacksonville, uh, Deion Jackson comes in. He runs hard. He runs for a rushing touchdown. Um, he's a very good gap runner. I mean, he's, he's, he has got, he's got really good vision. He runs very hard. Um, he's a guy that, you know, has a good center of gravity about him, good balance. He can lower his shoulder and get yards after contact. But maybe more impressively than all of that, uh, which is saying something, is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got 14 catches this season in limited action, and we know about the 10 catches he had against Jacksonville. So I would anticipate that being part of the game plan is to use him, again, as an extension of the running game. With Philip Lindsay, if he does get called up off the practice squad, but it's also interesting too, because of the the running back depth without Jonathan Taylor active, 
you know, you got Deion Jackson and Zach Moss as of right now on the active roster. I, I don't know if – listen, I think that's going to be a tall order. I mean, it's, it's nothing against Zach Moss, but, I mean, I, I don't know if you can expect a guy. I don't think it's fair to put a guy in that uh, position or situation uh, to, to be a backup running back and get, I don't know, what a, whatever the number might be, seven, eight carries um, and, and only have, you know, two or three days under your belt really kind of scheming up this playbook and this offense with a new terminology and, and, you know, new teammates around him. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Jordan Wilkins also be brought up off the practice squad. I'm not saying it's going to happen because I think Moss is, he's got that ability to do it, but you know, the Colts might go in favor of a guy that's got a ton of familiarity within the scheme and the team and, and this playbook, you know, the Colts drafted Jordan Wilkins back in 2018 in the fifth round out of Ole Miss. So, Despite all of that, he's still a guy that you can trust and and throw in there and, and play at a high level. The, despite the fact that he's you know been gone from the building, so to speak, for about a year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the depth looks like behind Deion Jackson because I think you might have to bring up two running backs off the practice squad if you don't activate or I should say keep Zach Moss on the active roster for this game. So Matt Taylor, who joins us, I, Dennis Kelly was back today. Um, we'll see how that translates to coming up on Sunday. And, you know, when, when you saw that he was injured and didn't practice yesterday, we're thinking, all right, so maybe Bernard Ryman. Um, we'll see what happens anyway. But the reason why I bring this up is the major focus for an offensive line, which certainly has struggled, and certainly on either edge, would be Matthew Judon, who's got eight and a half sacks and has been an absolute terror for everybody defensively so far this season for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Patriots on defense, it, it's it's hard to kind of put your thumb on them because with a Bill Belichick defense, they're a different scheme or they have different priorities week to week because that's just what they've always done. You know, they game plan and they're specific for their opponent. And, you know, Frank Reich today talked about that. You know, you, you, you have to wait about a quarter. It's, you, it's typically about a quarter to figure out, you know, what you're playing that day defensively with Bill Belichick. Um, guiding the ship there on the opposite sideline. And what you want to do is throw multiple, you know, personnel groupings at them early uh, to figure out, you know, how they're playing you, how they're attacking you, what they're trying to take away. Um, so there's no doubt, you know, they're going to have to contend with that. But defensively, uh, New England, their their hallmarks this season anyways have been turnovers or their takeaway ability and then also sacks. You mentioned Judon. He's got eight and a half sacks. Dietrich Wise has five. Those two guys have accounted for over half of their sacks as a defense on the season. Um, so they're very multiple. Um, they have some intricate, you know, pressure schemes, if you will. So um, they're the kind of complex up front to keep off of your quarterback. Uh, and then also, too, just the takeaways. It, it's interesting. They have 16 turnovers on offense and 16 takeaways on defense. Yeah. Um, so be- between these two teams, Colts and, and Patriots, um, they each have 16 turnovers on offense to so a combined 32 on the season. Um, but the difference is, is the Colts defense has allowed 56 points off of turnovers, whereas the Patriots have allowed only 25 points off of turnovers in, in sudden change, if you will. So they've done a better job of uh, kind of stemming the tide uh, when the defense is you know, kind of thrusted on the field all of a sudden after a turnover by their offense. Um, so I, I think those are the two things, sacks and, and takeaways by the defense for New England that kind of separates them and, and uh, is going to make it a challenge for the Colts in this game. Matt, before I let you go, one more thing. What has happened to the tight ends? 
Yeah, I mean, you look you look at Mo Ali Cox. He's been primarily used as a blocking tight end the last couple of weeks. If I'm not mistaken, he's only got a. I think it's one or two targets in the last three games. I don't have the sheets in front of me, but um, he just hasn't been looked to in the passing game very often here as of late. Um, you know, Kylan Granton's made plays. You know, when when Kylan catches the ball, typically it goes for a first down, but. Uh, it just hasn't happened a lot here lately. And then Jelani Woods has been used primarily inside the red zone. He's been a great, you know, uh, touchdown machine from the tight end position. Um, but situationally, he hasn't been used in, in too many other areas um, in the passing game. So, yeah, that's something you're going to focus on in this game. Um, you know, I just want to see this team get off to better starts. I mean, it, it just goes without saying. I mean, they're the only team in the NFL this year that doesn't have a point on their first possession of a game. Um, you know, Frank Reich talked about that this week. You know, typically they've been actually really good um, in that department, getting off the fast starts and scoring points on their first possessions of games. Um, you know, since he's been here in 2018, they've ranked no worse than fifth uh, in that department. And this year they're they're dead last. So um, maybe the tight ends kind of factor into that, get them more involved early, kind of script them up, if you will, uh, earlier in earlier in games to not only get them more involved but also get you off the schneid uh, points wise and 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 put a team kind of at a disadvantage. I think it's so important in a game like this in Foxborough, take out the crowd, kind of neutralize them early. And the Colts are a team again to kind of drive home the point. The Colts haven't scored in the first quarter since week three, right? So they've gone four straight games without a point in the first quarter. So, you know, that, that when, when, when you're routinely down by about six, seven points in the first quarter, um, it just kind of sets you up behind the eight ball for the remainder of the game. Yeah. It kind of changes who you are and what you're trying to do dynamic-wise on offense. I would love to see that script get flipped in this game and also to see where the tight ends kind of factor into that. You know, and I think when you relieve your OC of his duties earlier in the week, it may behoove you to get off to a – Good start for the first time in a long time. So that's that's something I think everybody's going to be watching coming up on Sunday yeah. as well as that type of start. Hey, I'm going to let you go because you got to get out in your yard and mulch these leaves because if you don't, you, you won't have time. Tomorrow it's going to rain, it's going to be wet, and then you're going to have a mess on your hands. So get your ass out in the yard and mulch those leaves. Okay? Do it. Get yeah, out there I'm, I'm now. Telling you, it is it is good leaf raking weather. However, I mean, you, you've driven by my place. You, you know yeah. – you know where I live geographically. I've got like 12 uh, 100-year-old trees. And right. uh, I- I'm telling you, that that is a check that I'm going to write for the rest of my life, or at least <laughs> for the remainder of my duration living where I do. Because um, even if I had the time, that is such a daunting task. It is. They all drop it at different times of the year. Like I got trees that are going to hang on to their leaves until about mid-January. Um, so I, that's. I got them off the roof last night. I was up on the roof blowing them off, and I bagged those. But in the yard, I'm going to wait for the guys to show up and just write a check, and and hopefully they'll take care of it. All right, buddy. Is it a blank move if I mulch mine and then blow it out in the road? (laughs) Well, that's the problem is because my neighbors have – they've got trees too. So, like, when I'm done with mine, all theirs is blowing into my yard. It's like hitting the reset button, right? It's demoralizing. I think people who ride bikes get mad at me. They go, oh, i got to run over all these leaves. I am. All right, whatever. So, But, yeah, I, 
I, uh, I, I feel kind of bad about that sometimes. I don't know because it's like the Wild West. I'm, I'm literally in Morgan County, so it's kind of like the Wild West. I don't think I have to worry about any rules there, but I think it is yeah. frowned upon, right, to blow your uh, mulch leaves out into the road? Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. when it gets wet, when it gets wet and damp, then I know people it. have to break and they can skid all over the place. So, yeah, just do <laughs> us all a solid, rake them and bag them, please. Yeah, probably. I'll get out right on that. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, safe travels for all you guys up to Providence, or, or as they said of the departed, up Providence way. And uh, we'll check you out coming up on Sunday, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Right, right back at you. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We are at Bugsy's Sports Grill. I'm looking for you. 465 and Brookville Road. I've got a couple of pair of Eagles Colts tickets courtesy of Zinc Distributing and Bud Light to give away. we got to get you signed up for those. And we got to get you here to make sure that you do get signed up. Yeah, when you're asking me about those Boston, New England-based films, at the top of the list is The Departed. I also like Beautiful Girls. And I know everybody loves Good Will Hunting. I'm not trying to say that. Or Black Mass is another one, right, with Depp. But... The Departed and Beautiful Girls at the top of my list. And if you're going all New England, how about a little What About Bob right there in the summertime in New England with What About Bob? And I also will tell you, I don't like number two, and I don't know if there's a number three. I like the original Grown Ups a little bit. Like I can do, that's one of, one of the Samuel movies that I can get into a little bit right there, the original Grown Ups. All right, quick break and we'll come back. Stop laughing, see on it, my content right now. Come on. Other side, Bob Lovell. Got sectional football final Friday night. Bob's going to dive into that and a lot more coming up on the other side of it again. Bugsy Sports Grill at Brookville and 465. We've got your chance to win Eagles Colts tickets to the unbeaten 8-0 Eagles in town in a couple of weeks. Your free ticket chances are here today at Bugsy Sports Grill with Bud Light on a Blue Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I see you lurking inside the lounge, too. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. My vision is to take this team as the first franchise to the Saturn Football League and play against eight-foot gargoyles that run 3-8 speed. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Get here on this Bud Light Blue Friday. We're at Bugsy's Sports Grill. 465 Brookville Road. Great spot. Great food. Great food specials. Ice cold Bud Light. And a couple of pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Unbeaten Eagles after last night, 8-0. They went down in Houston on Thursday night football. You saw what the Astros did to the Phils with an opportunity to clinch the World Series, and we'll hit that coming up a bit later on. But on this Friday night, we've got a ton of football action. It is sectional final Friday night, and from Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. That's CarX.com to find the one nearest you today. Bob Lovell joins us. Should we start with Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers? Knock down, drag out? Is that what we're talking about there? A full description? Absolutely. Maybe the biggest, uh, you know, in terms of rivalries, those kinds of games that may be at the top. I mean, it's the revisit of the Mudsock game earlier in the year. And so, you know how it is when these two teams play, whatever sport it is, they're going at one another. And, you know, HSC number one, Fishers number 11, they played each other, as I mentioned earlier. 
They played each other since they've been in elementary school. They know each other very, very well. And uh, it's an enormous battle. No doubt. Seems like it's at the top of that particular list. But really, when you look at it, Bob, it is endless because you've got great stories. I'll give you one uh, because historically speaking, really going all the way back to Mike New, there's not a lot to lean on when you're talking about Perry Meridian Falcon football. But playing for a sectional title in Sectional 7 on the road here in Warren Township at Warren Central um, has to make that a very special opportunity for that squad. No, it's a great point, John. I mean, you have Warren Central and Perry. I mean, and Perry, give them credit. They're they're playing for a championship, which they haven't done in a while, as you mentioned. Warren Central has just steadily gotten better and better. Both these teams have really started to play their best football at the right time. And so, yeah, obviously a lot of attention is paid to HSC and Fishers and Cathedral LC, Brownsburg Avon, and know all that, Whiteland and Noblesville. But uh, Warren Central Perry is a, is a tremendous game. All right, you mentioned this, Cathedral and LC. A lot of people didn't give LN an opportunity. They hung strong last week, and then Cathedral ultimately got past them. Um, LC's got, you know, one of those – positional high-level talents, probably more than just one, but certainly one specifically here. How do you size up that matchup compared to what Cathedral did in getting by LN last week, Bob? Well, I think uh, Lawrence Central is an explosive team, as you point out. Uh, tremendous individual talent. Big play uh, capability, frankly, anywhere they are. And uh, that's something that you, you want these types of games, some big plays turn things in, in one direction and Turnovers are always big, but, um, you know, Danny O'Neill, Cathedral quarterbacks, had a good year, a solid year. I just I just like this game in, in terms of two really talented teams uh, get a chance to go at one another. And LC, again, with that explosive capability, are, they're very dangerous. What's your thoughts on Noblesville? Noblesville gets Westfield. Noblesville just um, kind yeah. of playing, you know, not a great certain – record this year but just kind of playing right now to see what they can do to get to next friday i guess at this point and doing a good job of it getting to the sectional final i mean look listen you're playing for a championship i mean that's that's the great thing about it uh it's a, a team that's gotten better and better and better uh clearly big rivalry game with westfield even if it's even if it is for a championship it's a, a westfield team that is extremely young at a lot of different spots. Uh, and so, you know, it's a Noblesville team. In their mind, look, they're playing with house money. Uh, not too many people expected them to be where they are except themselves. And so, you know, you always kind of like that attitude going into a game of this magnitude. To Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks, got you covered with all of this action coming up later on tonight. Bob, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX location. Center Grove down at Columbus North. Coming up later on tonight as well. By the way, FC gave Center Grove a battle last week, Bob. Yeah, they did. I think that was a little bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. And this is a big, strong, physical Columbus North team. Uh, and we know Center Grove hasn't lost in a long time. And, you know, that pressure continues to build. But you got to go on the road. We're going to be in a very big crowd for that game, playing a team that's very, very capable in Columbus North. So, uh, it's an intriguing matchup, to say the least. All right, Bob. Other spots in which you look at, and I think you brought this up a little bit earlier, in sectional 14, just an outstanding year 
for Whiteland at this point, and you got a couple of rivals going head-to-head here. Whiteland and the 8-2 and two Franklin team that honestly has had a really good season in their own right so far. Well, they really have. Both these teams have had great seasons, to be honest. Whiteland, number two, they've been ranked number one. Franklin, number eight. Uh, it's a Franklin team that the same theme here, John. They, they just continue to play better. It's a Whiteland team that, it, I said it earlier, had a chance to play for a championship. But it's a mid-state conference rematch, if you will. And we've talked about the virtues and the strength of this conference. And it'll be on display tonight. I always like home crowds. You always like home field advantage in a, in a game like this. But, you know, this is, um, frankly, uh, I'm excited about this because, you know, I, I live in here in town. And so um, it's a great, great game. Martinsville, East Central, Sectional 23, Connorsville, and what has just been an outstanding team, although dealing with an injury, uh, that in, in New Pal and Sectional 22, right down 52 here. And Brebuff and Ron Colley, 7-3 versus 10-1, size up that matchup on Indy Southside coming up later on tonight, Bob. That, that may be as good as any game in the state, John. I mean, Ron Colley and, and Brebuff, I mean, you, Brebuff is quietly just moved along in one game. They played a great schedule, as we know. Ron Colley, new coach, same, same success, same level of success. Playmakers on both sides for both teams. Um, I'd like to be able to tell you who has an edge. I'm not sure they do. That's just another one of those, one of those great games. And and um, you know Lutheran going for a, trying to get a repeat tonight. They play Covenant Christian. I think that is a tremendous game. And how about Park Tudor and Traders Point Christian, John? That's one you don't uh, want to ignore. That's a really really good matchup. To Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, tonight at 9.30 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Bob, every Friday, brought to you by our friends, the Joe Childers Run, 14 Central Indiana CarX locations with CarX.com, Chittard and Garen, Sectional 28, Danville, Monrovia, Sectional 29. And, yeah, I know this is a little bit out of the area down in, in Owen County in Spencer, Owen Valley, which really burst onto the scene a year ago with a fantastic year and surviving last week over a year ago's champion uh, being Gibson Southern, get, um, I believe it's Pike Central down in Spencer coming up later on tonight. You know, the big, the huge win, obviously, against Gibson Southern. I think a lot of people, including me, thought Gibson Southern had enough to go back and play for another championship. But how about, uh, this is, has been an Owen Valley team, John, that got off to a great start, and they've stayed at that level the entire year. You keep looking, you keep thinking, are they going to be able to maintain it? And the answer is yes. And so uh, it's a great matchup. It's a Pike Central team uh, that, frankly, is, is good. I think Pike Central are going to need to play as well as they can in this game. But, uh, uh, again, another one of those great matchups that may have surprised a lot of people. I know last week Triton Central had to go all the way to Brownstown Central to play and then survive and advance down in Jackson County. They get a home day tonight, not too far from where I'm sitting right now, um, here off of State Road 52, a little bit down uh, I-74. They welcome in Cecina, which in this general vicinity seems like a pretty strong matchup, and as always, Cecina in football is as strong as it gets. Well, it's a great matchup. I mean, both they played each other earlier in the year. Cecina won a close game the first time around. Uh, these are two teams. This game, John, to be honest, 
might take about an hour to play. Uh, they, they, they both run the ball. They come right at you. They're both talented. Uh, good senior classes for both. And, and again, this is one of those slug it out type of championship games between two extremely well-coached and well-drilled, uh, well-drilled schools. Yeah, Bob also mentioned Traders Point Christian and Park Tudor sectional 42, Sheridan Hagerstown sectional 45, Knightstown North Decatur sectional 46. He also mentioned Lutheran and Covenant Christian in sectional 47. All in all, it is going to be an exciting night. There are a lot of people geeked up, and I say this, I think, every week to you, but indeed this seems like the, the best of the best when it comes to intrigue and excitement. It's uh, Friday night sectional final. Friday night for you, so you'll have a blast. I hope so. I think we will, but I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you just think, look at football and both the basketballs. And when you get to uh, semifinal Friday and then going into championship Friday, those are back-to-back spectacular weeks. And this will, again, uh, the weather gods have favored us one more night, so this should no be doubt. a tremendous buddy. There, no doubt. Hey, Bob, we'll be listed, man. Go at it tonight as you normally do and um have fun with it because this this is indeed you also mix in the weather and it's it's pretty damn special tonight no doubt about that bob thank you you're welcome john thank you have a great weekend bob lovell indiana sports talk on the andy moore automotive group hotline and bob each and every friday is brought to you by your central indiana carx locations 14 in all it's carx.com to find the one nearest you today, we're in a place you have to be. Great food, Bugsy's Sports Grill. Great food, and really, it's an incredibly convenient location. Right off of Brookville Road, a stone's throw away. I wouldn't advise that. A stone's throw away from 465, between 465 and Franklin Road. It is easy for me to get up there. I can just slide down the back roads all the way back to Johnson County, Johnson County over to Morgan County. It is a beautiful thing on a beautiful day. But maybe the best part about this is our friends from Zinc Distributing and Bud Light and our friends here at Bugsy's, they have provided a couple of pair of Eagles Colts tickets. I know what you're saying. Well, wait a minute. The Colts are in a funk right now. They traded one of their players. They fired their OC. But when you think about this, You've got an 8-0 team as of right now that looks probably as if schedule-wise they would remain unbeaten until they get here in a couple of weeks. Uh, That is nice to go downtown and check that out. Plus, you're going to get to sign this up for free. And then you're going to eat here, which is awesome. Ice cold Bud Light, which is fantastic. So join us here. Remember, this show goes until 5.30, and then I have Colts Happy Hour after that. That will lead up. To the Pacers back at home later on tonight versus the Miami Heat. We'll talk to Chris Denary about that from Valley Sports Indiana. Voice of the Pacers at the top of the hour. I got some time for you at 239-1070 coming up on the other side. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you guys are watching, listening, and participating. Avon Dad had just asked me as what Jim Mersey referenced, if you remember, in the offseason after that embarrassing loss to Jacksonville last year. Are all chips still in? We'll tackle that coming up on the other side as well. Thank you, Avon Dad. We'll do that. The stream, the app, HD Radio, and you can find us, of course, on Twitter, Facebook Live as well, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bugsy Sports Grill. This is a Bud Light Blue Friday. Welcome in, everybody. This great spot. Great food. Food specials. Ice cold Bud Light. Our friends at Zinc Distributing in the house. Seattle's getting people signed up. Got the unbeaten Eagles coming to town in a couple of weeks, and you could win one of a couple of pair of tickets we have to that game, courtesy of Zinc and Bud Light and Bugsy Sports Grill. Again, 465 and Brookville Road here on the southeast side. We would love to see you here. World Series Game 5 last night was pretty swell. It was a little bit of defense. There's really a lot of stuff going on, but, man, Houston, when Houston turns it on, Houston can turn it on. There's no question about that. Speaking of Houston, the Texans, as I mentioned, lose to the Eagles last night in Thursday night football. 8-0 and are the Eagles now, and uh, clearly the top in the NFC. Um, NBA, I should say, before I get to that and bring on Chris Denary, college football tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to play a role, but there is a significant, and it didn't say significant wind advisory. I don't think that's anything from the National Weather Service. But there is a wind advisory really everywhere, but you know, obviously down in Bloomington. Um, we'll see how that affects. Maybe it'll make the passes better. I don't know, but we'll see. You got IU, Penn State coming up tomorrow, Purdue, Iowa tomorrow, and then up in South Bend, a big one with Clemson and Notre Dame. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, IU, St. Francis last night. We'll talk about the basketball Hoosiers with Don and football-wise with Don coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, it's the voice of the Pacers, Valley Sports Indiana, Chris Denary. The Pacers are back, had basically about four days off, played on Monday night, the final, the fifth and final date on that road trip, and then back at home for, I believe, what are four consecutive at Gambridge Fieldhouse as they welcome in the Miami Heat, and, and Chris Denary's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. When you size up those, those five games, and they won two out of the five of those, what, what stood out to you, Chris? Well, I think you have to feel pretty good. You had a chance going into the final game uh, on Monday uh, with a chance to have a winning road trip, and they nearly did it. Uh, down 24, down 19 in the third quarter, tie it with about six minutes to play, and then uh, Kevin Durant you know, made plays, and uh, the Pacers came up on the short end. But I, I think it was you know, seeing guys like you know Benedict Matherin score 32 in the win, Chris Duarte – breaking out of a slump, even though it was a loss on Monday, scoring 30. Um, this has been an offense that has been one of the best in the NBA, and they've just got to sort out the defense. I mean, it's one of the things you're going to see tonight. Miami is not quite as good defensively as they have been in the past. In fact, these are the two teams that are giving up the most threes uh, from their opponent in the NBA. And Rick Carlisle has said, while their paint defense is better, it's one of the top in the league, John, it's the other team's ability to get in the paint, drive and kick, uh, and over-rotate the defense for three-point shots. So, uh, but I do think uh, it was a very impressive uh, back, back on last Friday and Saturday. 
uh, to go into Washington, a team that beat you earlier in the year, and pretty much dominate them on national television. And then uh, a night later, you get in about 3 o'clock in New York City, and, you know, for the most part in the second half, uh, you pull away and, and dominate the Nets. I, I thought all in all it was a pretty good road trip. Yeah. Anybody stand out to you uh, consistently? Here's what I love about Benedict Matherin, Chris. Um, this is how legit I believe he is. And this is what stands out more, I think, than anything else. It would have been the games where he has started off and significantly struggled. And those times he's battled back and gotten into a rhythm. Didn't let that bug him. He forgets about that shot. He forgets about his issues, forgets about those problems, stays in it, stays focused, and really gets back into gear. And that's tough for a veteran to do. But to me, I think if you look at the NBA landscape, that can be certainly difficult for a rookie that's just got a handful of games under his belt. Well, absolutely, John. In fact, you look back when the road trip started, that first game on a Monday night in Philadelphia, and he goes for two first-half points, and you're thinking, oh, this could be a seven- or eight-point game. Oh, no, he scored 15 in the second half and ended with 17. It was very similar to end the road trip on Monday. He only had 16 points but he was highly effective in the second half and was a part of the group that helped the team come back. So you're right. I mean, very rarely uh, do you see players bounce back like that, especially when they're that young. But this guy's a different cat. Uh, when you talk to uh, Rick Carlisle, he'll tell you. He, he comes up to him multiple times uh, during the, the week and during training camp and says, hey, coach, I need you to coach me hard. I need you to coach me hard. I want to be the best that I can be. And I think those are just all the things that uh, blend into his game. Uh, you, you've got to have different type of guys on your team. Like, I love watching Tyrese Halliburton. He plays with so much joy. In that win on Saturday, he hit like a 6-3, and he was galloping down the floor, right? It reminded yeah. me of Reggie Miller. But Benedict Matherin, um, he is so focused. I mean, he's just different. And I, I think that plays very well for this group because I think at times in the past, John, everybody was the same, right? They, they had the same demeanor. Um, this is a group that has all different kinds of personalities, and, and they're young, and, and I think that's really good for them. So, Kristen Airy, Valley Sports, Indiana, with the Pacers and the Heat later on tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. The other thing that stands out is Rick Carlisle has not in an ounce um, – been apprehensive about sitting somebody that's not getting it done. We saw him do that with 33 on Monday night, and you know, Chris Duarte had to battle through that, and you kind of wondered if there was an effect going on there, and then on Monday night, it seemed like Duarte kind of shot himself back into gear a little bit. Oh, no question, and, and, and look at James Johnson, a 14-year veteran. He's played valuable minutes these last two games. Uh, Terry Taylor, the, the young guy who played well last year and who started the first few games, wasn't playing particularly well. Rick has not hesitated to go to somebody he thinks can, uh, you know, do a better job. So, yeah, there's no question about that. I, I think we all thought that Duarte would break out of this. He, he's a very good shooter, um, and it just was going to take him time. And I think, you know, he's trying to figure out his role a little bit, um, you know, with Halliburton, with Matherin, with this group. Because if you remember, when the trade was made last year, Duarte missed 
most of the last 25 games when Halliburton and Heald joined the team. In fact, he missed the last 12 or 13. So he didn't really have an opportunity uh, to mesh with the new guys as, as well as he would have liked. So uh, it was good to see him shoot the ball well. I mean, he is a guy that the ball needs to go in for him. Not that, that's, it, it, not that it's going to affect some parts of his game, but I just think he's a guy that when he's scoring well, that just augments the rest of his game. You know, if you're looking around and Kristen Neri joins us, the NBA, this has been a really odd start to the season, the way that you look at it. I mean, you, you get Golden State, last year's champion, loses a four consecutive, and I think last night in Orlando, and that's one of those games where you're on the East Coast if you're Golden State against, you know, obviously in the East, uh, one of the so-called worst right there. Uh, before that, a one-game winner, they get their second win of the season. So it's been a, a rough start for Golden State. And really, some of these teams that people thought, in particular out West, I guess, that they were you know, going to tank, have played well out of the gate. Is that just kind of the newness of the NBA? Will that catch up with everybody? Or is that just kind of, I, I guess I should ask you, is that surprising with some of these teams, the way they've started? John, I think, and again, I've done this for 17 years, um, I just think there's an immense amount of talent right now in this league. Um, and you look at Orlando. They are like the Pacers. No. They are very young but talented. They've got the number one pick in Bancaro out of Duke. You've got Jalen Suggs, who was terrific at Gonzaga. You've got uh, Franz Wagner. I mean, you've got Bull Bull now at seven feet. I mean, there's just a lot of talent across the league. And so if you're not ready to play on a particular night, you're going to go down and and now it's five straight, John. I, I think Golden State's lost. Is it five, five straight? I think you're right. Yeah, because they've lost think, to Charlotte. They've lost. they've lost. I think yeah. they've lost to Charlotte, Detroit, and Orlando on this East Coast trip to this point. Yeah, they also lost to Miami uh, on right. Tuesday. So, so yeah, you're you're seeing a lot of teams. You know, look at Detroit. I mean, with Ivy and Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay. I mean, what I've always told people that are maybe more college than they are pro. And again, I was around the college game for, you know, 20 plus years. There's only 30 teams. And so there's going to be a lot of talent on those 30 teams. You're taking the best of college basketball. And, you know, sometimes guys that aren't going to college because you're getting, you know, a hundred or so international players overall, and you're sprinkling these guys across 30 rosters. And I think early on, John, what we've seen in the first two and a half to two and a half weeks of the season is there's a lot of talent in the league and on a particular night that talent can win games and and you've seen Philadelphia start slow Brooklyn start slow Golden State a lot of these teams that were uh, favorites have have sort of stubbed their toe the Clippers uh, now they don't have Kawhi Leonard he's, he's missed a number of games but they have Paul George and maybe have one of the deepest rosters in the NBA but it just shows you on a nightly basis, you better be ready to play because there's enough young, hungry talent that they can beat you. Well, and, you know, the Heat probably would be described as one of those teams with the Sixers. They're four and five, going to be without James Harden for about a month here. And uh, with the turmoil surrounding that Brooklyn Nets mess right now, that would stand to reason that they're off to a horrible two and six start. But I'm assuming the team coming in here tonight at four and five, probably not very happy if you're Eric Spolstra with the start that the Heat have had to this point in the season? Yeah, they got off to a 2-5 and five start. They've already been west. 
um, and then they came back and had a back-to-back on Tuesday and Wednesday and, and beat Golden State, as we just talked about, and then Tyler Hero hit a shot, a three-point shot on Wednesday uh, near the near the buzzer to beat Sacramento. So no Jimmy Butler tonight. Uh, Victor Oladipo is still out. He has not played yet this year, but it's a pretty deep roster. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, Hero, Heroes moved into the starting lineup after being a reserve for so many years, signed a big contract in the offseason. Uh, it's a good team, and it, it's a team that probably, as I said, is not playing defense the way that they've played it in the past. Um, it'll be interesting, John, because the Pacers are playing as fast as they've ever played and are playing at a pace in the top five in the league. And Miami's playing a little bit slower this year. So it'll be interesting to see if the Pacers can get out and run because they're averaging about 18 points per game fast break, which is top three in the NBA. And that's been a real, I think, advantage for the Pacers this year. That's, that's one of the reasons they had success on the road in those uh, two wins against Washington and Brooklyn. Yeah, it's funny about the Heat, too, Chris. It just kind of seemed like they always dig out dudes. Right, they're always going to dig out dudes, find dudes that are helping them out, and it's been a bit of a struggle, at least for the first month of the season, to uh, to find that. I mean, that's I guess that what that is is a great testimonial to Eric Spolstra and how he can coach it up when you find talent, you can fill some gaps, guys that nobody really expects to play at a higher level, but end up doing. Kind of wonder if maybe with this squad, a long way to go, very early sample size, but you kind of wonder if, uh, you know, living on that now, maybe they kind of came up empty in the direction they're going right now. A little bit, I guess. Yeah, John, they have a 16-man roster. They're one under the the limit. uh, They have 14 and then two two two-way players. Of their 16 players, they have six first-round draft picks, and they have 10 undrafted free agents. So you're right. I mean, that's a testament to Spolstra coaching them up. It's a testament to Pat Riley and his crew. You know, Max Struess has been an outstanding shooter from DePaul, undrafted. Duncan Robinson uh, from Michigan, a former Division III player, has, you know, what, two, three years in a row made over 200 threes, undrafted free agents. So, yeah, they, they have really done a good job. They've utilized their G League team well. And uh, they have the most undrafted players on an NBA roster this year. Chris Denary, Bally Sports, Indiana. He's the voice of the Pacers coming up later on tonight. you got the Pacers in the heat at Cambridge Fieldhouse. You can hear it also right here. Any injuries that we should be talking about tonight? And I know that um, Rick Carlisle has yet to meet with the media before the game. That normally comes, I think, in the 5 o'clock hour or so. But anything we can talk about right now? I'd be surprised. It'll be interesting to see Aaron Neesmith if he plays. He's been out with that sore right foot. Uh, That happened, ironically, a week ago tonight when he played very well. His best game of the year, he had 16 points. Uh, So we'll wait and see. He did not play in either of the last two games. Uh, Isaiah Jackson went off the floor with a minor uh, leg injury in the Monday night loss to Brooklyn, but he has practiced and isn't even listed on the injury list. So I would think the only player uh, that we'll, we'll wonder about at about 515 will be Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. So I will say this. They, they've been, like everybody thought they would be, they've been fun to watch. There have been moments where you go, uh-oh. But they battle. 
I mean, they do battle. They get down 20, they battle back. You know, they get down 17, they battle back. And, you know, with a young developing group like this, at this point, I think that's, you know, the main thing that you ask for from, from any group right now, the way you look at the Pacers. Yeah, and I think the most impressive thing is, is those two wins that they took command and they held on. And they kept the Wizards and the Nets at arm's length last Friday and Saturday. Because we've seen in the past, we've seen other Pacers teams with a lot more veterans and a lot more experience, John, you know, sort of lose those leads and in, in some cases lose the game. Uh, so that was good. Uh, again, to your point, they, they faced some big deficits, especially in the first quarter. Uh, six of the first eight games, they've trailed by double figures after a quarter. That's, you can't do that that many times and expect to win games. You may come back on occasion, but it's not going to be a regular occurrence. So you've got to do a better job. I think they're minus seven points in the first quarter. That really puts you up against it on a nightly basis. So I think that'll be something that we'll be watching tonight, uh, seeing what kind of start that the Pacers get off to against the Heat. Been your impression on Buddy Heald off to a pretty hot start so far this year? I mean, Buddy lo- loves to play. He's the – a lot of times he's the first in the gym. He's the last in the gym. I think J.J. said uh, on the road he just finds his own transportation on game night, you know, Uber, Lyft, whatever it is, uh, and he gets to the arena early. Uh, we had a chance on the road. The great thing about being back on the road with the team, John, is – you know, you're at practice, you're at shoot-arounds, and uh, I would ride the last bus back after a practice or a shoot-around because Buddy has a drill where he goes around, I think, nine spots on the floor, and he's got to make so many in a row, and he's got to make so, you know, ten or whatever it is. And it's 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 awesome to see a guy put in that much work. And you know, that's why he's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league the last number of years. Uh, he's sixth all-time when it comes to five or more threes in a game. I think he has 109 in his career. So it's a testament to the amount of work that he has put in uh, to his craft. All right. That begs the question. Growing up, Little Denary shooting the basketball, what was your go-to shooting drill? Well, my go-to shooting drill, the, the one thing that my dad did, and this was before you had the baskets the you know that you could you know have it five feet, six feet, eight feet, ten feet, whatever. Yeah. when we when we were growing up, my dad managed the basket. We had in the 19 late 60s, 70s, John, we probably had the first adjustable basket that existed. I don't nice. know how my dad did it, but but we learned to shoot um, on on a six-foot goal, seven-foot goal, because my dad really believed in shooting form. And so we did a lot of shooting drills around the world, right? Uh, yep. You know, we, there was no three-point shot then, but you just went around the world, you know, from the corner to the wing to the top and, and that type of thing. So that was something that, that we worked on a lot. And I think, you know, the one thing that I could do in high school and even as a bit role player in college uh, was shoot. You know, I wasn't very quick. You know, defense defense really wasn't my calling card. Uh, ball handling was, was all right, but I could shoot. And uh, I think that was a testament to all those days and nights uh, in the driveway or on the back patio 
uh, making sure that the goal was the right level for us to grow up on. Well, we um, we did the same thing, and obviously we shot outside, so that the, the degree of difficulty was always um, more, always more, I guess, than it was shooting inside. We did a lot of our stuff outside, but what changed the dynamic of shooting drills, at least for me, was the uh, Steve Alford one. When Steve oh, yeah. Alford, yeah. what he did, you know, with the chair and the broom and all that, when that came yeah. out, I mean, that we, we had to do that all the time. And if you had not done it, that thing, that worked your ass out back in the day, Chris. I mean, it really did. Well, you know what was funny? Last uh, Yesterday after practice, we uh, listened to Rick, did our interviews. By the way, I've got Isaiah Jackson tomorrow on hmm. Pacers Weekly at uh, Very nice uh, here on the fan. I need to get that promo in. Uh, Pat Boylan will host. Um, but Jalen Smith was out on the practice floor by himself with the gun, right? With that, yep. that it feeds you the balls automatically. Love it. And the gun, the gun has that net, right? That yep. you have to your your arc has to be perfect because yes. if you shoot it too low, you're going to shoot it right into the net on the machine. So it, it was really cool to see Jalen probably spent a half hour after practice just by himself with the gun. Rick Carlisle went over a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, hey, back in the day, we didn't have anything like the gun. Nope. So I'm a little jealous when I see that. I, I am, too, because what, what we had, I don't know what you guys had in Westfield back in the day, but we had this kind of, like it was like a net that was really tight, and you had to, when you hit it, the ball would, you know, come down through the net and then bounce off of this net and then, like, bounce to you. It, was, um, it wasn't like it was today, or you just had to go get it yourself. But let me tell you this. The shooting gun may be one of the greatest inventions of all time. That thing is such a blast. I tell this story. I was at Whiteland High School back in April, and I went 79 for 100 on the old gun. from three. That was high school three-point range, which we know, Chris, with shooters like us, that's a layup, right? I mean, that's a layup. But 79, 79 for 100 right there. And I got, it said 79 for 101, but I couldn't get to the machine and shut it off quick enough, and it shot another ball out there for 101. But 79 for 100. I mean, that's impressive. We also had the rim that went inside a rim, right? Yes, and yes. That was, that was so you shoot free throws and make sure your, your center cut sort of like hitting a driver down the center right. of the fairway. Uh, you know, we know that a rim, that you get some bounces that, you know, how many times have you shot a free throw and it's off a little bit to the right, but it finds its way in. Well, yes. when you've got that little rim inside a real rim, you don't have that luxury. So it really taught you how to have everything straight and, you know, trying to swish that as best as possible. We, um, we used to play a game where you got one point for making it and two points for not hitting the rim when you made oh, it. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Two points for not hitting. Yeah. But, um, and, and speaking of, of tight rims, and I gave a shout-out to Southport High School on Southport Fieldhouse because they changed up goals and rims, and that went from incredibly soft rims to some of the hardest rims of all time right now. So somebody better get up there and start hanging on these things, or the Southport – shooting percentages are going to go, like, down this year because nothing, nothing at all is going down on those tight-ass rims right now there. Nothing. Zero. I, 
I'll, t- I'll tell you what, and again, I know they have different uh, basket supports now, but the rims at Hinkle were always the softest. I mean, you yes. would talk to Darnell yeah. Archie, who had the longest streak in NCAA history. When when I'm 50-plus years old and I can go, it's a fundraiser, and I can make 93 or 94 out of 100 on those soft Hinkle rims, you, yeah. you know they're special, right? I agree. I agree. The softest rims in the state of Indiana, the Center Grove West Gymnasium. You can shoot anything. It'll bounce around. Be a big brick. It'll bounce around five times and go in every time. Softest, <laughs> softest rims in the state of Indiana. But now, if you shoot a corner three, for some reason, they've got, like, cables that are holding the basket supports that kind of jut out in your way, that's a little weird. But the softest rims of the state of Indiana, the Center Grove West Gym, anything you shoot and brick goes in most of the time. It's incredible. Incredible. So you, <laughs> so you get the roll. You get the I mean, It's not even a, it's a bounce. I mean, you get bricks go in. It's incredible. It helps out all these old farts. It does. All right, what time you guys go on the air tonight? Uh, 6.30 pregame with J.J., uh, and then uh, we'll be on the air at 7, and then don't play again until Monday, then play Wednesday, then play Saturday. So, you know, nice to be back home. Uh, the, the last road trip was the second longest of the year. Uh, for me, it was the first road trip in two and a half years, so I really enjoyed being back on the road. But, you know, it was just getting used to uh, getting into uh, airports and hotels at 3 in the morning. But, I thought the guys did a really good job. I know they wanted to win that last game to have a winning road trip, but all in all, when you look at uh, you know what they're doing and, and how they're doing it, I think they had to feel pretty good. If I'm Zach Hahn and I coach at Center Grove, all my games are played in the West Gym. Every one. <laughs> so, you're saying, they... <laughs> so you're saying the uh, – and that's a positive. So you're going to shoot uh, at center Grove. You're going to shoot 90% at the free throw yeah, line then, right? Exactly. Now they may need somebody to get a broom out and sweep the floor. Occasionally they might want to do that, but that's where I, if I'm Zach Hahn, that's, that's where I'm playing with the fellas. I'm playing in the West gym. Hey buddy, we'll be watching later on tonight. I appreciate you. Thanks, John. Chris Denary, Bally Sports, Indiana, coming at you tonight at 6.30. And the uh, voice of the Pacers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Let's get into gear here. We're at Bugsy Sports Grill with the great food. And I know that they have great food specials going on right now. Ice cold Bud Light as well. My man Jer's in the house from Street Dreams, everybody. Brought me some gear. Speaking of CG, Jer knows of the legend of the West Gymnasium at Center Grove High School right there. He does. Shout out to Jerry over there. Quick break. We'll come back. Top of the hour. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. IU and Penn State coming up tomorrow down in Bloomington. Got Purdue and Iowa, West Lafayette. Notre Dame, we'll see Clemson and Notre Dame coming up tomorrow night. Also a quick shout out to Mike from New Pal and Donna, who listen every single Saturday night to the JMV Takeover. We have three remaining Three JMV takeovers remaining. And because we are coming to the end before I go on Christmas music hiatus, and you know the story, they go full-time Christmas music, and I say, hell no, and I don't do that. (laughs) So I go rest for about a month. (laughs) I go rest on Saturday night for a month. But because everybody hangs in basically the entire year every Saturday night, Pat Sullivan said of Sullivan Hardware and Garden, let's do something special for everybody that listens. We're going to give away... $200 
gift cards to Sullivan Hardware and Garden beginning tomorrow night on the JMV Takeover. We'll do two tomorrow night. We'll do, I think, uh, maybe a couple on uh, when we do the 90s, again, a week from, from Saturday night, and then the final one, either one or two as well. But Sullivan Hardware and Garden, $200 gift cards to Sullivan Hardware and Garden coming up. Speaking of the JMV Takeover, there it is right there. Hey, come in, get over here, Harley D. Show everybody here on the camera the JMV Takeover T-shirt. The shop, the shop Indie. Dot com where you can go and you can order that, the Janvy Takeover T-shirt to benefit Teacher's Treasures. Harley D and Nicole in the house, and Harley D is rocking that. All right, quick break. We'll come back. The stream, the app, inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Wow. I don't know what to say. I guess, wow. I guess the only thing I can say Cause I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling, making better films. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I am so glad you guys are here with me, Bugsy Sports Grill. This is 465 and Brookville Road. See us right here. What a gorgeous November Friday afternoon here in central Indiana, in the state of Indiana. Nah, nah. Thank you for joining us, JMV, here. Devin's the on-site engineer. Kyle's back at the studio. Remember, 5.30, that is our bailing time. Actually, I'm still going to be here doing Colts Happy Hour, but for the show, that is the time in which we have to bail. That is coming up at 5.30. I've got Yacht Rock Review tickets for you before that time. Coming up on New Year's Eve. I don't know how this is going to work. I saw where Jimi Hendrix yesterday, he sent me a note saying, hey, you know, Yacht Rock Review guys said they'd love to have you out there and do a little pre-show before theirs on New Year's Eve. I don't know if that is workable, but if it is workable, I would absolutely do it on New Year's Eve at the Mirai Old National Center. Tickets are on sale right now if you want to ring in 2023. With Yacht Rock Review, they're going to play, I believe, past midnight as well from what Jimi Hendrix of Live Nation was telling us last week. So get those tickets right now. Yacht Rock Review. I'll give you a chance to win them coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Don Fisher is going to be here as well in case you missed it earlier today. Frank Reich ruled out running back. Jonathan Taylor in New England coming up on Sunday, which means there's going to be a whole lot of Deion Jackson and more than likely a call-up from the practice squad of Philip Lindsay. So we have seen these guys produce before. We have talked about them producing before, and now you got to do it on the road in New England. Now, I guess a smidge of good news we'll find out coming up as we get closer to Sunday, but Dennis Kelly, the left tackle, was back practicing today. He had missed the first two days of practice this week. And the thought was, you know, Dennis Kelly on the left side, Braden Smith on the right side, um, you know, maybe Bernard Ryman if Kelly couldn't go with the eight and a half sacks of Matthew Judon, which we talked about yesterday, is not a healthy combination for this Colts team, to say the least. But looked like Kelly was back at practice today, and that is a good thing. Quiddy Pay back at practice again today. And uh, we'll see who all suits up and is good to go coming up on Sunday in Foxborough. But Matt Taylor joined us a little bit earlier talking about this team 
certainly still being in it. And listen, the three, four, and one, I get that. I do. The problem is I think that you are in, all right, I'm not really going to believe that until I see them actually win a game. That would have happened last week. That's when you look back on it, the feel good of beating not a good Washington team at home with Sam Ellinger in his first start against Taylor Heineke, who's also a backup quarterback, at home again against the Commanders, you know, being up two scores late and then being up six in that final drive and have your defense let you down and let the Commanders in the end zone, that is kind of the difference in which we see right now. And when you ask, well, what are you talking about here? It's how you would feel going into this week. Because I mentioned earlier this week, this didn't have the feel of any sort of Colts, Patriots type of week. And, you know, a lot of people argued, well, they let go of Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, early in the week. They traded Naheem Hines. So there's been a lot of off-the-field stuff to talk about. And while that's true, I believe it to be more that some of you are saying, all right, this is not going the way that I thought. This is not going the way that we were told it was going to go. So my belief is that many of you have checked out. So when you try to explain, all right, well, they're still in it, that's probably not going to be considered by many right now until this team gives you a reason to realistically consider it. And that part I get. That part I get. You're just kind of on the fringe right now. Yeah, I'll be around. I'll pay attention, whatever. But starting to think about this team still in the AFC with the way that they have played consistently so far, what it would take to get back in it, you're not going to create any belief by losing at home in the fashion in which they did to Washington last week. That's how much that that had on the line, and you know, that's what they're going to try to prove to everybody on the road in Foxborough, and really not just in Foxborough this week, but also in Las Vegas coming up next week. But that's kind of where I think the fan base is right now. I don't think it is as much as what we talked about being that, that news off the field so far this week. I think it's more about, hey, we may check out a little bit because this team is not legit. You're not buying into it. You're not buying into they're still in it. You're buying more into, well, you're going with a quarterback that got his first start last week. You're trading one of your you know, so-called essential offensive players. This doesn't look like a team that's in it right now. You're losing at home to Washington. On the final drive, this doesn't look like a team that's in it right now. So if you want, if you want to get back that attention span of a lot of Colts fans right now, you go into Foxborough and give them a reason to check it out. Give them a reason to be interested, or you play like you did last week and you had the, a similar situation going to Las Vegas coming up next week, week, weekend, I should say. Bugsy, Sports Grill, 465 in Brookville Road. Let me take a break, and we'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up at the top of the hour. Penn State IU down in Bloomington coming up tomorrow. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll give away Eagles-Colts tickets, too, courtesy of Zinc Distributed and Bud Light. This is the Blue Friday at a great southeast to east side location. The legendary Bugsy Sports Grill, 465 in Brookville Road. A Bud Light Blue Friday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. 
They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. The Southeast Side shout-out of Indianapolis here. Brookville Road, 465, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Bud Light Blue Friday, Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Got great food here, too. So if you can't make it, which is an absolute unreasonable excuse, but let's just say you can't make it today, just know that you got all kinds of sports. I think they got a DJ, which is not me here later on tonight, but this is the place to be. Bugsy Sports Grill, southeast side of Indy, Brookville Road, and 465 on a Bud Light Blue Friday with Eagles Colts tickets coming up in a minute. Remember, we are sidetracked at 5.30 because of Colts happy hour, but I'll still be here giving you a chance at those Eagles Colts tickets. So don't go anywhere. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, I'm just going to fair a guess because there is a sectional final in the area that features Chittard and Guerin. I'm assuming that our next guest, the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is uh, on the road to attend that game. Am I right, Don? You are correct that we are going to the game, but we have not expounded from the house yet. <laughs> you, better get, you better get your ass on the road, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got two hours before kickoff, so I think we're still good. <laughs> okay. All right. I just want to make sure. I'm telling you, if I try to go to Ron Colley or something, I'd take my kid to a Ron Colley game. I ain't got to go there about three hours before so you can – I mean, you can't get anything but a moped in the parking lot by that time. So I, I understand what you're saying. I do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I thought, and I, I mean, you and I both go way back. Um, and, and obviously growing up and, and listening to you and, you know, watching IU basketball as well. I thought that was a cool moment last night with, uh, with Brayton Bailey, the, the son of Damon Bailey in for St. Francis and that round of applause that he got. Oh, absolutely. You knew it was going to happen because Indiana fans are not going to forget one of their own. And uh, yeah. Damon, of course, is exactly that. And Brayton, of course, is uh, in many respects a chip off the old block at, at maybe a smaller level. But you know what? Their coach told me in our interview prior to the ball game that Brayton Bailey was out four time, four games last year, four back-to-back ball games last year, and they lost all four of them because he wasn't on the floor. Uh, he's such a, a smart basketball player. He understands the game. Obviously, he's been around it his entire life, and uh, there's no question he's a special player for that program at St. Francis. And without doubt, obviously, Damon is well-beloved by Indiana fans, as you would expect. Yeah, he's a scrapper, too. I mean, he, he, he can play a little physical brand of basketball, and, and his dad could, too. Don't get me wrong. It's, but he, he – he is a noted scrapper and grinder for sure as a player. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and if you go back and think about watching David Bailey play in high school, he was a 6-2 center most of the time. Yeah, he was. Those teams at Bedford. I mean, he was playing the post position a bunch and just being able to out-physical just about anybody he played against. So it's he's a chip off the old block in that regard. I mean, and back in the day, too, I mean, part of the game plan was trying to be physical with him. I mean, and, and everybody right. tried to do it. I mean, when you had you had a future NFL tight end and Tony McGee trying to do that with Terre Haute <laughs> South. And I mean, they, they, I mean, that was every and he was the focus of every single game. So, yeah, that, that toughness and that grinding ability certainly runs in the family there. Yeah, it does. It really does. No question about it. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. What have you uh, taken away from these first two exhibition games last night versus St. Francis and versus Marion as well before the Hoosiers embark on the regular season to play coming up? 
Well, it just seems to me, John, and, and again, it's a very small sample size, uh, literally, uh, in the sense of how big the, the two teams in Indiana faced thus far. But what I do like is you're, you're seeing a different, a different type of basketball out there right now. And, and I say different type in the sense of it, last year, if they dropped off to three or four guys at the same time, took them out of the ball game, you'd see a significant drop-off in what Indiana was capable of doing, especially offensively. You have not seen that in either one of these first two ball games. When they put that three or four guys in for the second unit, so to speak, it's a different, it's a different look than it was a year ago. I mean, those guys all seem to be able to score the basketball, move the ball. There's a camaraderie or a chemistry there already. It, it's not as good as it's going to get. But there's no question that second unit, uh, when they come in out of the floor, you're not missing much. You're, you're actually not missing much at all. And here's the other thing I like. The two freshmen, actually, C.J. Gunn, is, you got to put the third guy in there. And Caleb Banks, down the road, I think, is going to be a major factor as well. But those first three that we're talking about here, and Jalen hood Shafino and Malik Renew, uh, along with C.J., those three kids – they're not afraid, and they go out there and they play like they've been here before. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed with what I've seen of those young men, and I'm really excited about what I see in this basketball team right now because I have, they have the potential to be something special. I, I kind of took this away from it, and I know it's two exhibition games, and, and you can take it for what it's worth, but there just seems to be a level of confidence, and I mean a consistent not just, hey, we did something great right here. I'm very confident about it. But sustainable confidence that we haven't seen around that team in a while. I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment as well. I, I, I really do. I, and I think these freshmen bring that to this group. Um, I think all these kids uh, that, that have played in Indiana the last two or three years, and, of course, Trace and Race have been there forever, it seems like, four and five, six years, you know, respectively. But, but when you look at the confidence level these guys are playing with, again, that goes back to the coaching staff and what they've been able to do developmentally, not only from a physical perspective, but from a mental perspective. And I really like what I see in this team right now. And, and granted, it's a very small sample size. And I think both uh, uh, Marion and St. Francis are going to be really, really good basketball teams in their respective leagues and probably – from an NAI perspective in the country, I think these two teams are going to be very special in that regard, but it's not where we are at from a competition standpoint at the division one level. And there is no doubt that the the sparks will start flying on Monday when Moorhead state comes to town with back-to-back 23 season wins uh, and a basketball team. That's got a lot of new faces on it, but they've got a coach that knows how to put them together. So it's, going to be very interesting when the real firing starts to see how this team deals with adversity and how they can handle some of the competition they're going to face because the competition is going to get dramatically better quickly. Do you think that the adversity you're also talking about may come in terms of playing time, clock, trying to get these guys minutes, get guys minutes? Do you think that's something some of these dudes are going to have to, to ultimately overcome as well? Well, I, I think I think when you've got this many guys, and, and here's another guy that popped up last night that we hadn't seen previously play like this over the previous year is Tamar Bates. 
Um, he adds another piece to the puzzle uh, to this basketball team. And again, where do all the minutes come from? And that's always a question mark and how players handle that because everybody's going to have a role and you've got to buy into it. And the question is, will they all buy into whatever role they're asked to play because you can't put everybody out there on the floor at one time. You can only put five out there and somebody's minutes are not going to be quite what they hope they would be. Can they, can they get past that and understand it's a team game and your role is this, and that's what you have to accept and then embrace it. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. They start the regular season for real coming up on Monday against Moorhead State. All right. Hoosier football tomorrow, Penn State in town. I believe that's a 3.30 start um, in, in Bloomington. Are you telling John Herrick better wear a hat tomorrow? Because the wind may offer some <laughs> obstacles for that hair. Have you told him that? Well, I didn't, I didn't bring that up when I saw him yesterday at the ball game. No, <laughs> I didn't think about it at that point in time. Uh, maybe I'll just call him and say, you know, John's really worried about that quapping. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's going to be flying around out there. Going to be flying around. That's, that's something that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there's so many things here, obviously, with, with IU off a sure. of bye week and how they played so far in Penn State in town. But that, that win situation could – that's going to add a, a little bit more, I think, of uh, a layer of intrigue tomorrow afternoon. Well, both teams are going to have to play it. I mean, Penn yep. State lost a ball game last week to Ohio State. Actually had Ohio State down in the fourth quarter, and Ohio State came back and beat them. And I know they're pretty disappointed in that, and they made a few uncharacteristic mistakes, a lot of four turnovers in that ball game for Penn State. Uh, they'll have a little fire in their eye tomorrow, too. Uh, but they're also going to have that wind in their face, along with that, probably some rain spitting, because uh, yeah. it's supposed to rain tomorrow, too. So it's, it's not going to be uh, – uh, a terrific day to play college football, but it'll be interesting to how, see how both these teams handle it. Without doubt, winning game may be important tomorrow, and if that turns out to be the difference, then Indiana's in real trouble because, let's face it, they have not run the ball effectively virtually at all this season, and that needs to be addressed, and hopefully it's done so in the bye week a little bit. The offensive line's had another week to, to work under Rod Carey, and hopefully that can improve um, but you're also going to have to throw the football in this contest. And, of course, Tom Allen left the door open as to who the quarterback's going to be in the press conference on Monday. He said everything was uh, looked at in the bye week situation, and we're, we're evaluating every, everything that we're doing as well, as well as every personnel person on this team uh, that we think can help us. And so and they, we would not commit to who the quarterback would be whether Bays Lack or Jack Tuttle or uh, Dexter Williams or whomever. And at this point, we don't know who it's going to be because he's been tight-lipped about it all week long. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a guess? Well, if, if you ask me, uh, and, and this, again, if I guess, everybody's going to say, well, he's got inside. No, I don't. just blame me. I say, I was on, say, I was on. I'm on every Friday with a dumbass, all right? It's not my fault. Just blame me. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that, but the, the truth of the matter is they won't give a crap what you say. They're going to give a crap what I say. Yeah, and see, that's right. That's why I feel comfortable in telling you that. Yes, that's exactly it. I know, exactly. <laughs> so, so I have a guess, but I'm not going to offer it. Okay, I understand. I I do I do get it. I um, I but Between the quarterbacks that you brought up, um, is, 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 does anyone – 
I mean, obviously we've seen Bazelak start the entire year so far. Right. What are the uh, plus and minuses of a, a quarterback change possibility here to you? Well, that's what we don't know. I mean, we know Jack Tuttle has played and he has won. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago on the COVID year, he was terrific when he was getting his first opportunities to play. And then last year when he got the opportunity, it didn't turn out very well because he was hurt. I mean, he got hurt pretty early on. And so we just didn't, we haven't seen enough of him over the last year or so to, to really be able to say, can Jack turn things around for this team? Well, obviously they didn't think he could at the beginning of the season, or at least they didn't think he was the best of the two quarterbacks put out there because Connor Bazelak has taken every snap this year. So up to this point, we only have seen one guy. So I don't know what to expect from Jack Tuttle. I know this. He is a great young man. He is a terrific leader because despite the fact that he has not played, he has continued to be a leader on this team on how he's handled himself uh, with his teammates and how he's, uh, he's had behind, behind the coaches and everything else. Now, granted, he has gotten himself put in the transfer portal, and he and Tom Allen had a really good conversation about it, and he told Tom, look, Coach, I, I know I, I want to play. I want to play. I make sure I'm going to play my senior year of football, my final year of eligibility, and I don't think that's going to happen here, and that's why I'm going to put my name in the transfer portal, and Tom Allen had no problem with it. And Jack said, I'm not going to leave, Coach, until the end of the season. I'm not going to leave this team until the end of the season or until the end of the season either. So it'll be second semester when I make my decision as to where I'm going to go next. And But I'm still a part of this football team, and I want to remain a part of it. So I, I give him a lot of credit. And I, if he's the guy tomorrow, I hope he performs terrifically well. Uh, if he's not the guy tomorrow, I just know that he's going to have his head on straight. He's not going to worry about anything else but supporting this football team. Seems like anymore, whether we're talking about football or basketball, the, the coaches are not the first ones to find out when their players enter the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the next thing you know, somebody's in there and, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. You know, I better, I better uh, text him and find out what's up. So, yes. <laughs> exactly. No doubt about it. Hey, I will say this before I let you go here. You get back to basketball. You look at both sides here, the men and the women. I know I brought up the women last week because I'm a huge fan of Grace Berger down there. But there's some opportunities with both the men and women, significant opportunities this year with the way you eyeball both rosters. Well, there is little doubt about that. Uh, Terry Morin has done a remarkable job with the women's program at Indiana has continued to build it the last six or seven years now. She's done a remarkably good job. There's no question. And obviously the last two or three years have been special for this Indiana program. We're talking about the women now. And uh, they're ranked 11th preseason-wise, and their expectations are that they're going to have another great run at the Big Ten Championship, and they're going to obviously get to the final or at least get to the Sweet 16, that kind of thing. That's the expectation. And you would think they probably are thinking about Final Four and that kind of thing, maybe even a national championship because their talent level is pretty special. You know, with Grace Berger out there, and, of course, you've yeah. got um, – um, I'm spacing on the young lady inside. She is a terrific Mackenzie Holmes. Mackenzie Holmes. Holmes. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then you've got uh, the transfers that have come in here. Sydney Parrish. Yeah. Last year. Exactly. Sydney Parrish, a, a former Miss Basketball. And uh, they've got a girl from Israel that's a really talented young player and is going to be special for this team as well. So, and, and they've got the best player 
from Minnesota's roster transfers to Indiana to play her final se- uh, season of college basketball. So you're t- and she can flat shoot the lights out. So you're looking at one heck of a roster for the women as well. Both these teams, both the men's and women's teams this year, should make something really happen at IU. You can kind of tell that I have a 12-year-old daughter that plays basketball with that right there. I was right on top of it. She did, she did tell me the other day, she said, would you please stop face-palming when I shoot? I said, <laughs> she said, that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> uh, well, isn't, she playing, isn't she playing with uh, Mike Wells' daughter? And, and yeah, we got daughter. a... Yeah, we got a whole whole group of. I think uh, yeah, there's some. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Like Ryan, Ryan, you know, Ryan. We we we're not playing together with with Ryan Wolf's daughter anymore, but we played together in the past. There's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of IU and a lot of uh, local uh, interest there playing together. But she said, yeah, please, when I shoot, don't face palm. And I said, yeah, I know, I try. <laughs> I got to sit there uh, with a poker face. I guess it's like I'm in rounders or something. I got to sit there and just. Like the, the stone face, like Larry Bird on the sideline, and we was coaching the Pacers, like nothing. So, well, you can't, you can't possibly do that. I, I just no, can't I can't. You can sit there stone faced. I don't say, I don't say anything though. I did. She said, you know, your advice when you tell me to get in the stance, all the other girls say, what does he mean by that? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> as long as you're get not in. saying get in the car. <laughs> I'm gonna. Ha- I'm just gonna have to hold up a sign like they used to back in the day with Tom Crean. Like, yeah, call out the screen. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put that up there like that. Get over the screen. So, but yeah, <laughs> I got. I got to remember. Sometime I'm dealing with a 12 year old girl. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, I do know what you mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's whether it's a 12 year old girl or a 12 year old boy. A parent always has to realize <laughs> what he's doing out there. If you know what I mean. I do. I'll be honest with you. I, I love the fact basketball's back, and it is kind of cool to talk about both the, the men's and the women's a little bit because there is you know, a, a high level of expectation of success with them both. And, and I, I think really that's, that's cool. I mean, that really is cool. So, yep. It's going to anyway. be a fun year. It really is. All right. You, got, you better get up and get going here. You got to get to Garen. So you're holding me. You're gonna. I'm gonna be no parking places for me. No. Where is that? A Garen tonight? Is it a Garen? Yeah, it's a Garen. Exactly. Yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna be parking in somebody's like farm field here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be used to that because I grew up on a farm. So you know. Yeah, yeah. You park right out there. Just don't let it rain or anything, and get right out. <laughs> just pull up next to a big cow pile. So that's how we used to. We go to a section on. They park at Switch City right next to a big cow pile every year. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't mind the cow piles as long as we don't have a pig farmer sitting out there, too. Yeah, you got Woo. it. Hey, buddy, <laughs> the best of luck to Chittard in that Garen Chittard game later on tonight, Don. I appreciate you. Have a great call. 2.30 tomorrow downstairs on WIBC, right? Yep, absolutely. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. You got it. it, buddy. Thank you. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Seriously. The face palm. No more face palming. Jerry, you taking off? Don't do that to me. Jerry of Street Dreams right here dropped off some gear. Thank you, man. Just give me a text. Jim Jr., Zinc Distributing, thank you very much. Appreciate that. You take it easy, guys. Thank you. Uh, we're here at Bugsy Sports Grill on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're about ready to start giving away a couple of pair of tickets to the Eagles-Colts game. i, I got to shout out to everybody here because I love when we hit the southeast side. 
and we do this at least once a year during the Colts season. We got some new pal fans rolling in. Uh-oh, what do I got here? What is this? White tea with Harley D and Nicole right here, everybody. Hold on. There you go. Thank you, guys. That kind of tastes like Windex. You sure you didn't slide Windex in there? That glass cleaner? I love you, Nicole. I don't know if I dig that shot, though. That's a little different. Yeah, a little bit different right there. Hey, when the folks that come here and hang out come up and ask, you got to step up. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I want to thank you all as well. I'll tell you what, Kyle, while I'm thinking about it right now, how about number nine at 239-1070? Coming up on New Year's Eve, Yacht Rock Review is going to ring in 2023 in style with you at the Mural National Center. Now, these tickets are on sale right now, but you can win them right now. And this will be a great party. I promise you that. A great party. Yacht Rock Review at the Mural Old National Center on New Year's Eve. And I've got the opportunity for you to win those at number 9 at 239-1070. Right? Yeah, get that phone out of the pocket and start calling right now. 239-1070. Number 9 is going to go see Yacht Rock Review. And that's going to be fantastic on New Year's Eve. we got a lot of folks going to the New Pal game rolling in. I think Connersville and New Pal is coming up. Hey, really quick, i got to run here, Mike. Go ahead, really quick, Mike. Macho Mike is in the house. Devin, you want to go? Hey, hey, Mike, hold on. Let's turn that bad boy around. Turn your love around. Turn that mic around. Now put it up. There you go. Now put that mic in front of your grill right there, Mike. There you go. There you go, buddy. Just want to say God bless you all, Blake and Lenny, you and the wife. They'd be doing good, I hope, and Morgan. All right, and uh, Angel sends everybody a big hug. You got it, buddy. Teresa's been gone three years, seven months a day, keeping your prayers. God bless you guys. You're special. Amen. Thank you, man. That's Macho Mike right there who came out to visit us today. Thank you, buddy. I probably, yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. You got it. Thank you very much for coming out. Hey, also this reminder coming up on Sunday morning, 10 a.m., that is the Colts pregame huddle. That starts with me, Bill Brooks, and the Gorman. The Gorman is going to be staked out at the Gillette in Foxborough coming up on Sunday. But we'll get you started and get you prepared for week number nine, that Colts matchup in New England versus the Patriots. 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, the Colts pregame huddle. Tomorrow night, the final of three JMV takeovers. Coming up tomorrow night on B105.7, I've got two, two $200 Sullivan Hardware and Garden gift certificates to give away tomorrow night on B105.7. All requests Saturday night party. It's called the JMV Takeover tomorrow night on B105.7. That begins at 6 o'clock live in studio. It's only one of its kind. Nobody does it anymore. The most entertaining music radio you will find anywhere tomorrow night. 6 until midnight on B105.7. All right. Quick break, we'll come back. The Colts, happy hour straight ahead, live from Bugsy Sports Grill. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Don't go away.